You are listening to African Father in America podcast by Simon Javanokele live from Seattle, Washington, USA. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us for another incredible episode of the African Father in America podcast. My name is Simon Javan Okelo, and uh, I am truly honored to be here today with uh, an incredible leader, someone that I actually look up to myself, uh, Ndudi Chuku, the founder of Mission Africa, is our special guest today. And this is possible courtesy of a Health Commons project that was recently selected by Washington State's Department of Health to distribute significant funding to uh, community-based organizations and small businesses uh, within the African diaspora community here in Washington State. Ndudi, go ahead and just say hi before we begin the show. Hi, everyone. Thank you, Simon, for having me. I'm honored to be here. Of course, of course, of course. Thank you, Ndudi. Ndudi has truly, truly been one of the biggest supporters of me here in uh, America. For those of you who are watching uh, from the motherland, and uh, you know it's really because of her leadership that i've learned a lot about the potential of our community and that's part of why she's on the show because health commons project selected carefully selected uh, a group of african women who are doing amazing work here in washington state so uh, Ndudi, as i said earlier is the executive director of mission africa and i'm going to share a little more about mission africa in a moment but for now, I want to share today's proverb, which is from the Buganda community in Uganda. And it says that you can, you can burn down a house, but can you hide the smoke? You can burn down a house, but can you hide the smoke? I want to just share the three nuggets of wisdom related to this proverb. And then I'll ask Ndudi to share her own thoughts about this beautiful uh, proverb from Uganda. So I'll quickly share this, uh, you know, nuggets of wisdom. But before I do that, I just want to recognize some of you who have already joined us for the show. I see a lot of you on TikTok. I see many of you on Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter and YouTube. Uh, I just want to thank you for taking your time uh, for joining us for today's show. Um, uh, I, I want to go ahead and share these three nuggets of wisdom. Number one, uh, the, the, and these are inspired by the proverb for today. So if you haven't, uh, you know, picked on what the proverb is, it's from the Buganda community. It says, "You can burn down a house, but you can you can but can you hide the smoke? You can burn down a house, but can you hide the smoke?" The first nugget of wisdom says, "Actions have consequences." You know. If you do something, something else is going to happen. So you, you must just be aware about that. Number two, dishonesty doesn't pay. You know, if you do something in hiding and you think nobody is watching and you might actually be perfectly concealed and you totally think nobody knows, but sometime you'll realize that it didn't help you and it didn't help anybody else. And then um, finally, think before you act. That's our last nugget of wisdom. Think before you act so go in the comment section and share with us your own perspective in regards to this proverb and now uh, i want to invite my guest Ndudi chuku who is the uh, executive director of mission africa for those who are learning about mission africa for the first time this is an amazing 
organization based here in Washington State in Urban that has three primary uh, objectives, you know, uh, providing educational programming, providing healthcare programming, and poverty alleviation-related work, both here in Washington State and also back in Nigeria. In fact, Ndudi just came back maybe yesterday from Nigeria, so she's probably very, very tired, and it's really an honor. So Ndudi, maybe just add a little to the introduction of who you are, and then talk to us about your own perspective in regards to today's proverb, you can burn down a house, but can you hide the smoke? Thank you, Simon. Well, uh, my name is Indiri Chuku. I'm from Nigeria, from the Igbo tribe of Nigeria. Um, I came to the United States, I believe, in 2000, in 1996. And uh, it's been, you know, I'm one of those people who are grateful for the opportunity to live in this country because we have been able to help our people, you know, from the resources that we have gained from living here. So I am very grateful to be uh, in Nigeria. And of course, all Nigerians are very proud people. We're very proud to be Nigerians. <laughs> and I'm also very proud to be an American. So um, Mission Africa was started in 2006. And uh, like Simon already said, you know, we have been able, we've been fortunate enough to have the support to impact our community. We work in 11 African countries, we work in Mexico, and we work here in Washington State. So uh, I'm not going to repeat what Simon said, but uh, maybe with time you will get to learn more. But regarding the, the proverb, you know, when you hear proverbs like that, the first thing that comes to mind is, you know, the literal sense of it, it burned down a house is a bad thing, you know, and uh, you can hide the smoke. In, in other words, you'll be caught at some point. But for me, you know, uh, just the way my mind works, I always go through the positive spin. You know, uh, any good work you do will, will follow you. You know, we know that some of us are where we are today because of what our grandparents, great grandparents, you know, parents did, whether it's good or bad. So for me, who is a community leader and doing my best to impact my community, no good work goes unnoticed. You know, uh, whatever you do, even if people are not seeing you, you know, I'm a faith person, God is seeing you and uh, you will be rewarded. Uh, and even if it's looking like nobody's noticing, don't worry about it. You cannot hide the smoke as the house is burning. Somebody will see the smoke. So uh, we're looking at this program from the part of you do, if you do something terrible, you'll be caught at some point. You have to think before, you know, you act, there'll be consequences, but also know that even if you're taking your time, investment and effort to help one person, you have change the generation. When we educate one person through our program, we have educated, you know, um, a generation and we have helped that generation, you know, to, to stop, uh, you know, generational poverty. So no good work uh, goes unrewarded. You will be rewarded somehow, someday it's coming. So keep up the good work. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. That's amazing. Dudi, uh, I can honestly, and maybe I've told you this, I can listen to you the whole day. You know, if, if we could light the fire and invite you to talk to us, I would be one of the first people to, to show up because you're such an eloquent speaker and, and just the way your leadership is also like a motherly figure, you know. 
uh, and for those who are probably meeting Dudi for the first time, as I was saying earlier, she has truly personally been one of my biggest supporters uh, here in America. So today is a big day for me. You know, I feel like now I have succeeded as a podcaster. <laughs> so Nduri, you know, um, I want you to take us back. Take us back to maybe when you were eight years old uh, to 16 and remind us, maybe share a story of something that continues to drive you, you know, because when we look at our people, it's always said that there's no hurry in Africa. Many African people are always late to meetings and we've normalized it. But you're one of those people who always keep me accountable. Simon, why are you late? Simon, <laughs> Simon, why have you not delivered this? And so uh, share with us where this came from, where this spirit of hard work and consistency and determination came from, uh, you know, especially from your childhood. Because I ask this question to all my guests because when I was eight years old, my mother gave me a bicycle and asked me to help her distribute milk and bread in our neighborhood. And since then, I've learned to live with people, I've learned to build relationships, I've learned to, to make money from within my own community, you know? So uh, share with us a little bit uh, of your own story. <laughs> well, we know that in Africa, we live extended family, you know, uh, system. That That's just how we live there. So it's not just about your immediate family, but your cousins, your nieces, your nephews, your uncles, everybody's family. And that's a wonderful, wonderful culture. You know, but uh, growing up, my parents were, but my mom and my dad, they, they, they were the, you know, the ones that are a little bit up there, you know, in their family. My dad worked as a police officer for 33 years. And uh, my mom was a great entrepreneur. You know, she had restaurants. She was very hardworking. You know, she will, she would just instill that uh, uh, culture and uh, character of hard work in us. So growing up, uh, I tell people that I was already in uh, in uh, high school or uh, junior secondary that we call it before I knew who my immediate siblings were, because at some time there were about 16 young people living in my home. So I didn't know who came from my, uh, <laughs> my mom or who is a cousin until one of my older sisters sat me down and explained this to me. And the reason is one, because my parents never discriminated. If there's food and you're not in a hurry to get your share, you know, you're, you're gonna go hungry. So we grew up like that. And I thought everybody was my sister and everybody was my, my brother. And the reason is because both my parents were doing well, you know, um, when you look at it. So everybody who needed to go to school passed through our house. Everybody who needed to come out of the village and learn a trade passed through our house. So uh, philanthropy is uh, is not something I came to America to learn. You know, it has always been like that. Even till now, my family still gives because, you know, sometimes it's like, why are we the only people that is looked up to to give? But that's how we grew up. Uh, I'm not the only person who has a nonprofit. I have two sisters who have, you know, 501c3 organizations here in the United States, and they are doing great work. And I have other siblings who are doing different things just to help the community. So I got my inspiration, I still got my inspiration from my parents. They were the greatest philanthropists that I knew. And uh, growing up, I tell people, uh, if we were poor, I didn't notice. 
because my parents made sure we had what we needed. They sent us to, you know, to school. My mom was not, uh, you know, maybe third grade education. My dad, maybe fifth or sixth grade education level. But they made sure we went to the, the best schools. They made sure we got education because they believe education helps, you know, bring people out of generational poverty. So growing up um, in Africa, I just learned that you just have to work with the community. Simon knows how important working with the community is to me because even here, you, you, you just can't do it all by yourself. You have to work with people. So that's the life I have always known growing up in a large family you know, of everyone living and passing through our home and then coming here to find my African community, you know, and be part of it and make sure that I do my little part to impact lives and, uh, you know, maybe change people's situation from uh, just and help them thrive in the community. That's wonderful. That's wonderful, Nduli. Uh, as we are speaking, I'm literally looking at the website of Mission Africa. For those who don't know, it's www.missionafrica.us. And uh, I want you to talk to us about the story of Mission Africa. You know, uh, one of my favorite things that Mission Africa does currently is digital navigation. But also we have smiles at Christmas. We have the mission trips. We have the agricultural programs that you do in Nigeria. What is it out of all this amazing work that you do that makes you most proud? <laughs> all of them, Simon. But, you know, currently we're doing uh, digital navigation funded by EEC, e Equity in Education Coalition, and the uh, Department of Commerce, Washington State Department of Commerce. And uh, it, it's just amazing, Simon, because you and I know that uh, our people, they believe in being professionals and they work hard to go to school. And then, uh, they, they, you know, some of them are doctors. We have one person in, the, in our class who is a medical doctor and uh, he came here. Now he's working as a CNA. Why? Because of language barrier and because of, you know, the digital um, illiteracy because he did not, when, we, when you're a professional in Africa, Simon, you know that, um, labor is cheap. So you have personal assistants, you have executive assistants. You don't have to send an email. You just say, Simon, take this thing, go to the, you know, cyber cafe and send me an email and all that. So, and then you find yourself in America where it is do it yourself. And you find out that you never learn to turn on a computer, let alone work on it. So the digital navigation work we are doing right now, it, it's incredible. We have had people who have never done their resume, you know, before. Now they have a resume, they have a better job. You know, we have a, a, a lady who has been working in an organization and because she's not able to go online and order for her organization, you know, place other for the things they need, she hasn't been promoted. People come new and, you know, she can't do schedule. She has to draw her, the schedules with pen and paper. Now you, can, you, you, you should have seen the day she came back to tell us she can now place other on the computer. So these are little things that we all take for granted, but digital divide is real. You know, uh, di digital inequity is real. There are a lot of people who are embarrassed because they just don't know how to go about it. But now we have opportunity for people to come to Mission Africa and take our classes. So that one is right in my face. That's why I'm going on and on about it. It's incredible and it's very impactful. But for Smiles at Christmas and all the programs, we've been doing Smiles at Christmas since 2003, believe it or not. 
Sometimes we have close to 2,000 people on campus. And uh, this, the sweet thing about it, or the wonderful thing about it, is we give to parents to give to their children. So that parents, we believe that parents should give to their children with dignity. So we don't want the kids opening the toys and say, oh, we got it from this organization. We got it from Mission Africa. No. So we have to entertain the kids so that their parents can do secret shopping and they put it in their trunk before they, they go to pick up their kids. We have face painting, you know, uh, party jumpers, uh, cotton candy, artwork, and craft tables. So the kids are entertained and they engage. They don't even know what, what their parents are doing so that the parents will be the ones to wrap these gifts, put them under their, you know, their Christmas trees and the kids get to receive them from their own parents. So that's unique and it's been growing. It's been growing and we do back to school here. We have been working with AHAP, you know, like uh, with uh, Health Commons and the Department of Health. We've been doing a program and Simon has been part of it. You know, the African Health Advocacy Project has been one of the greatest programs that we have ever done, you know, uh, in healthcare. And the reason is because we've been able to work with over 35 African community leaders, African-led organizations. And, uh, you know, I tell people you cannot be more Catholic than the Pope. You know, I can, you cannot, Simon cannot be more passionate, you know, for Nigerians than myself. I mean, he might love us and all that. Neither can I be more passionate for Kenyans than Simon. So these community leaders were able to reach their own community. You know, the Tanzanians were able to find their own Tanzanians and get to find out how they are doing. AHAP was just about getting to know how our, uh, our, our community members are faring during the COVID, you know. And of course, we discovered a whole lot of things that, you know, happened. Some people lost lives, uh, they lost the lives of their loved ones. Um, some people had problem, you know, with space. Some people lost their their uh, living spaces. Some people were all together in small space and they were going crazy. Uh, we had kids who we had a particular family with four kids and uh, they received, I believe, uh, two laptops from the school. We had to advocate. I had to make some calls and they had to go back to the school and say, we have four kids in four different grades. Why do we have two computers or two laptops? So um, there were so many things that went on, but Ahab gave us the opportunity to survey our community, to debunk some of the myths about the COVID vaccine, to encourage our people to take the vaccine so they can stay safe, to encourage people to do the tests when they, when they feel like they need it. So we are still doing the work. You know, We are so grateful that we got the 2.0 uh, funding to continue the work and it's been going very, very well. So big shout out to Health Commons Project, you know, for seeing what we do and for seeing us. I agree 100%. And actually, uh, it's courtesy of Health Commons Project that we're able to have this conversation today. And uh, I truly, truly appreciate you and Judy for also introducing me to Health Commons Project. Because of that, I get more support for this podcast. And also this Saturday at Rumba Notes, we have an amazing One Vibe African dinner series featuring three chefs, Nigerian chef, Kenyan chef, and Congolese chef. You know, I'm hoping, Dudi, you can be there because I would love for you to also share some of these stories that you're sharing here with uh, the gathering that is going to be there. So if you haven't uh, RSVP'd for the event at Rumba Notes this Saturday, make sure 
make sure you you know make sure you 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 let me know you let me know through uh you know any of my social media platforms and i'll share with you the link uh but for now we have a lot of you who are joining us ndudi i see so many comments uh i see akuna is joining us uh over there on youtube i see uh, Masha Mutisi, who is uh, another leader from the Zimbabwean community, who is saying hats off to Mission Africa. I see Lavender from One Vibe joining us as well. I see Brother Brother Arth. I see my my friend Brian Beg, who is joining us from the UK, uh, and I see Cabs also joining us from the Midwest. Uh, and many many of you that haven't commented, I just want to thank you for joining us today. I am truly honored. I'm hosting a leader that is always very busy to to get Ndudi to uh, jo- join you for a show like this. You have to work for like a year. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just so happy today. I'm really going to have a, a, a wonderful day. But um, again, I want to take you back Ndudi so that we can talk a little more about how COVID-19 impacted your community. And your community is also my community. Uh, and as you are speaking about AHAP, uh you know the african health advocacy project i remember in the midst of covid-19 how my own children were also part of that program and how uh we we literally benefited from it our you know mental health uh status of many people including us was actually deteriorating because of how much we had to be in the house and so for my kids to be able to create uh content that was helping uh change the narrative about how to mitigate covid-19 was really really effective but i want you because you are in the one who was on the driving seat speak about what a little more about the impact of covid-19 in your community but also there is a significant funding that the department of health uh in collaboration with health commons project are going to be providing to our community leaders speak about uh you know some of the things that you are excited to do if you get access to this funding of course you know i am always always grateful because there's so much to be done you know the needs are real and uh, covid was very devastating but it also helped bring out you know a lot a lot of lack a lot of need um one of the things that uh, the AHA project helped us do was to find our brothers and sisters like i said we had to intentionally look for our community members so that's one another one is it gave us the opportunity to educate our people because there were a lot of myths that were not real and uh, i know people are entitled to their opinion but there were a lot of things that were hindering people from staying safe and uh, taking the necessary measures to stay safe and mission africa was able through the um the 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 ahap funding that we received from uh department of health through uh, health commons we were able to educate our people on this we were able to reach out to our people we did a very robust survey that uh, helped us hear how people are, are doing but you know one of the ones that uh, we're working on uh we worked on and still working on is mental health if you're from africa and you're listening to me i know you know that uh, we don't do mental health we we don't talk about it we don't see therapists we don't see counselors we're strong people and we pretend that we're not hurting but covid-19 was very devastating and i'll give you a particular example i had somebody in my community who had covid not once 
I think uh, two times, even though she took uh, all the vaccines. And uh, she had two boys. One was uh, five at the time and the other one was seven. And of course she was quarantined you know, in a room, one of the rooms in their place. And uh, her, her mom fortunately lived, you know, lives with her and the children, she's a single mother. And the mom will open the door, you know, slightly and put food for her because they didn't, you know, that was how it was done then for 14 days. Can you imagine the kids? The kids were at the door crying, mom, why don't you want to see us? Why are you in there? And uh, this lady was uh, crying in the, in, you know, inside the room. Can you imagine how devastating that is for a little child of seven and five? And everybody's trying to explain to them that mommy can't come out. Why can't mommy come out? You know, why is mommy coughing in there and we can't go in to see mom? So those are the kind of things that, uh, like Simon said, when we engaged about 92 youth change agents, they were able to tell their story. They were able to you know, express themselves through art. Some of them did poems, some of them did raps, some of them played in you know, musical instruments, some of them you know, wrote scripts and told stories, some of them did acting. But what we were trying to do in the African communities at least give our children the opportunity to say how they felt. Because these are kids who are very sociable. They go to school, they have their recesses, they play with their friends, and all of a sudden they are locked up and locked in, you know? So they, and we don't we don't we don't do mental health, but now we're doing mental health. So even in our 2.0, we had then we had people when we had our, our big events, we had professionals from the African com community, mental health professionals who came and talked with us. We did that, we're doing that too now. We have a monthly event um, at our office in Federal Way. And uh, we, we invite these professionals to come and talk to the community leaders and the children. So we are working with community leaders and we're working with who we call youth change agents because we know that a child will listen to another child. You know, the, 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 the peer, peer to peer interaction is very powerful. So uh, I know that COVID was a universal thing, a worldwide thing. But uh, we had the opportunity to do the little we could, you know, with the funding we got. And it was very impactful and still impactful. So because of the coming, you know, the capacity building for Mission Africa that we got from all these uh, places, all these uh, fundings, we now have an office and our office is acting as a hub. When people come there, you know, they can get the COVID test kits. They can get food, you know, that we, whatever we have, mothers come to get diapers and wipes, you know, and uh, people come, we have an organization that brings toilet paper to us now. So community members can come and get a bag of toilet paper. You know, we have um, hygiene products. We pick up from Amazon every other week. We pick up from World Vision. We pick up from, you know, um, uh, an organization that represents Starbucks. So we, you know, we have been so blessed to have all these resources that our people can, you know, can uh, take 
and uh, use for their families. So um, the effects are still on, you know, they are now a little less than when we were in the heart of it, but people are still suffering because some people who lost their jobs, some of them are still looking for jobs. Some people who lost their housing, they are still looking for, you know, how to settle back in. So the effects are still on and we are grateful once again to, you know, the funders, uh, Health Commons and Department of Health for thinking about all of us and how we can help support our community members. That's incredible. One of the things I love about Chinduri is that you don't just think about you and your organization and your community, but you think about others. You bring like 30 plus African leaders and their organizations and you educate them about the opportunities that are out there. You bring uh, Kenyans, Zimbabweans, you bring... Uh, I, you know, you even bring people who are not Africans, you know, I know you have, you help Ukrainians and all sorts of immigrant community members. So I just applaud you. I just applaud you. For those who are joining us, my guest today is Ndudi Chuku, you know, the executive director of Mission Africa, whose uh, primary objectives are to provide educational programs, healthcare programs and poverty alleviation programs. And today, we have been talking about the work that she does, her story, but particularly this conversation has been made possible by Health Commons Project, which is a non-profit organization here in Washington State that was recently selected by Washington State Department of Health uh, to distribute funding to community-based organizations here in Washington State uh, in order for these community organizations to provide services that help to mitigate COVID-19 impacts in our communities. So if you're interested in accessing some of this funding, you should join us this Saturday at uh, Roomba Notes Lounge in Columbia City in South Seattle. We'll have representatives from Health Commons Project. We will have, hopefully, Ndudi Chuku will be able to <laughs> join us because she's literally recovering, uh, you know, from her long trip to Nigeria. Uh, we love uh, representatives from the Department of Health as well. I'll be there personally as well. So now I want you to actually take a moment and learn about how you can support Mission Africa, where you can go, uh, where the website is and how you can donate because that's part of the work that we are doing. You know, we can't just talk, but we have to take some action. So Ndudi, give all the viewers and the listeners something to do in order to help. All right, let's change the world together. So Mission Africa is uh, considered a volunteer-based organization. I mean, we have, you know, some staff, but the work we do, we do because of volunteers. So if there's one, the greatest achievement we've had, if I would say so, it's uh, having volunteers who are commit committed. You know, we, I, we just returned from uh, Africa, from Nigeria. We did a medical missions. We went to a remote village in Nigeria and we offered free medical services. We had about 11 medical doctors, all volunteers, not paid. We had 12 eye doctors, all volunteers. We had nurses, we had uh, public health professionals, we had you know, uh, lab technicians. It was run like a hospital and it's because of volunteers. So join us, volunteer with us. You can go with us to Africa. You can also volunteer here. You know, We have our Smiles at Christmas program. So um, we have our back to school program. We have different things that we do in the community that you can volunteer with us. And to, to be a volunteer, you can go to our website, missionafrica.us, and click on volunteers, and 
click on register as a volunteer. You can also reach us, you know, by telephone if you go to our website and uh, volunteer. You can also um, donate um, if you if you if you want to. <laughs> we accept free will donations because it is the support, the financial support of the people we know and the people who believe in what we're doing that has brought us this far. And of course, the grants too. But it's kind-hearted individuals like you listening to me right now that has brought us this far because it wasn't until 2020 that we started getting funding and grants you know to help our work but prior to that we it was just kind-hearted individuals who would give ten dollars here twenty dollars here thousand dollars here five hundred dollars whatever people have it goes a long way whatever you have to donate um will, will really be impactful in, in the lives that we we serve and volunteer with us we'd like to meet you <laughs> that's beautiful that's beautiful now Ndudi, i want you to think about your parting shots your if any question i haven't asked you that you want to talk about for now i just want to remind everyone about the madaraka festival i have been producing this festival for nine years and so this is the ninth year, and this festival is growing. We are doing it in three other cities outside of Seattle this year for the first time. Uh, May 16th in New York at Avin Plaza, May 21st in Bucket Theater in Atlanta, May 24th at uh, the House of Blues in Dallas, and May 26th at Benaroya Hall in Seattle. So get your ticket, go to madarakafestival.com and uh, help make this happen. Now, Nduri, I want to come back to you so that you close this show for us today. For those who are just joining the show, because people come in and people leave, people are driving to work. I just want you to know that today, uh, in all my life producing this show, this is the third year of producing this show. I've always wanted to interview you, Ndudi, but f for some reason you've always escaped. <laughs> so today, I've just, uh, yeah, I'm just grateful. Uh, and uh, I want you to share with us anything that I didn't ask you. Well, um, sometimes people think they have to, you know, have a lot of money to make a difference. You don't. Everybody can make a difference. That is what I always tell everybody. You can help your next door neighbor. You can help that child on that street. You can help in any way you can, but let's let's just be intentional in making a difference. Let's be intentional in helping one another. Let's see other people. There's so much going on in our world today. And I think a smile helps. Good morning helps. You know, whatever you can do to make a difference in the lives of people, don't wait until you become a millionaire. Some of us, you know, <laughs> did not have much when we started but uh, i just want to encourage everybody you know let's work together if you are a leader in the african community reach out to mission africa we can work with you what we do is share the funding that we get share the knowledge and the resources that we have uh, to make sure that the african community and the immigrant community and the bipoc communities they are they are reached so um let's work together Let's work together and let's not wait until we can change thousands before we make a difference. Let's reach out to our neighbor or to our coworkers. Somebody's going through something that a kind word can, can change or a little hand here and there can change. So let's change the world together. One child at a time, one family at a time, one village at a time, we can do it. 
we can definitely do it thank you thank you ndudi and uh for those who are mostly interested in the proverb for today uh it says you can burn down a house but can you hide the smoke it's from the buganda community if you haven't shared your comment and your own interpretation of it share it down below and i'm looking forward to seeing you all tomorrow uh, for another episode of the african father in america podcast ndudi thank you again uh, you're now free to go and get a little more rest <laughs> <laughs> thank you simon for having course, me i appreciate it thank yeah, you take care many blessings african father in america you are listening to African Father in America podcast by Simon Javanokelo live from Seattle, Washington.